Hello, everyone, and thanks for tuning in to Ocean Way Church's podcast. So if you have your Bible today, I want you to turn it on or turn over to 1 Samuel chapter 24, and I have the sermon notes in the Version app. If you'd like to uh, take some notes today or just follow along with me, then you'll know when I'm done today. <laughs> 1 Samuel chapter 24, and I don't have a long message today, but I believe God gave me a message for you, and uh, my wife did not know when she came up to... Um, to do the uh, to do the prayer time that this is what I'm preaching on because I don't share my notes with her. I don't. What are you preaching on? I'm like, man, I'm preaching on the day that 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 Saul went into this cave to to do his duty, and when he went in there, David was in there, and and his and and this was a moment that 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 he could have taken out the king, and it was a moment, you know that. But he did something funny in the moment. So let let's read this and 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 let's capture this this together. Psalm in Samuel, First Samuel, chapter twenty-four, uh, verse one. After Saul returned to, from pursuing the Philistines, see Saul was the king of Israel, and David used to serve in Saul's palace. David was one of the warriors that that when he would go out into battle, when he would come back, they praised him so much that it irritated Saul. He got so jealous that he wanted to kill David, and here's why: because he knew that as long as David was alive that his son would not be on the throne. But look at this. It's after he returned. He finds out that David is in the desert of En Gedi. So Saul took 3,000 chosen men from all Israel and went to look for David. As he went to the, and they went to the crags and the wild goats. But in verse three, it says, he came to the sheep pens along the way and a cave was there. And Saul went in to relieve himself. Yes, he did. David and his men were far back in the cave. The men said, wow, this is the day that the Lord spoke of when he said to you, I will give your enemy into your hands for you to deal with as you wish. Then David crept up unnoticed and cut off the corner of Saul's robe. Afterward, David was conscious stricken for having cut off the corner of his robe. And he said to his men, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lift my hand against him, for he is the anointed of the Lord. With these words, David rebukes his men, and he didn't allow them to attack Saul, and Saul left the cave and went on his way. Oh, it doesn't end there. Then David went out of the cave and called out to Saul, my Lord, the king. When Saul looked behind him, David bowed down and prostrated his face to the ground. He said to Saul, why do you listen when men say David is bent on harming you? This day you have seen that the eyes of the Lord have delivered you into my hands in the cave. Some urged me to kill you, but I spared you. I said, I will not lift a hand against my master because he is the Lord's anointed. See my father. See, Saul was a father figure to him. Look at this piece of robe in my hand. I cut off the corner of your robe, but did not kill you. Now understand and recognize that I am not guilty of wrongdoing or rebellion. I have not wronged you, but you are hunting me down to take my life. When David finished what he was saying, Saul said, Is that your voice, David, my son? And he wept aloud. You are more righteous than I, he said. You have treated me well but I have treated you badly. Jesus, I just pray that your word encourages us, all of us, every father, every mother, 
every single adult, every married couple, every person in this room. God, I pray that your word would, would encourage us that Jesus, we need to hear your voice. Lord, there's a lot of voices around us, but Lord, may the voice inside of us direct our lives. May your voice that's inside of us, Jesus, shape our lives. And Lord, may our choices be shaped by your voice today. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's celebrate God's word. Ooh, it's gonna be good today. Here we go. If you're taking notes, the main idea, there's no shortcut to a fresh cut. Absolutely no shortcut to a fresh cut. Um, Tony, who won the uh, Father's Day thing, thank you, Tony, and, and your lovely daughter for uh, playing with us today. Come on, let's give it up to the winner today. He actually won a cut from my barber. You have to download that app, and, and I can explain to you how to get a cut from him, and, and uh, you'll sit in that chair and, and if you'd like, and, and it's, it's just an amazing experience. But I love a fresh cut, what, but, what, but, I, but I don't love is a bad cut. Anybody ever have a bad cut? Come on, everybody's ever had a bad cut. You walk, you're like, ooh, that was a bad cut. You know what I'm saying? Let me show you some bad cuts. This will help you out. Let's help you laugh a little bit. Uh, this is a bad cut, okay? <laughs> bad haircut, all right? There's one bad haircut. Let's try another bad haircut. Hello? <laughs> that one right there is called um, the COVID cut, I think. I don't know, you know? <laughs> okay, now how about this one? This one's a bad cut. Oh, why? <laughs> That's all I want to know, why? All right, here we go. There's another bad cut. There you go. His clippers ran out, and it's called a COVID cut. And uh, I believe this cut right here is the worst cut of all time. There you go. That guy tried to do it as on on zone, but but this one right here is when I thought about bad cuts. This guy right here. Now that is dumb and dumber. Okay, I'm just telling you. Yes. All right. Get rid of those bad cuts. Hello. So. So when it comes to a bad cut, if you look at all those cuts, the one thing that, that, that I get from all these bad cuts is this. Somebody made a choice, and somebody chose poorly. And when you choose poorly, what happens is uh, you get a bad cut. But when you choose wisely, when you choose, you know, when you go into the barbershop and you're like, hey, I want a new look, just do whatever you want. That's a bad idea, okay? Because you might end up with, with no hair, okay? You might end up with hair in places you never imagined and uh, the, missing in places you hoped it would be. You got to go in there with an idea, with a choice uh, that you want something good. So here's what I know. I know as a dad, and, and, and um, today's an interesting Father's Day for me because none of my sons are in town. They're one of them is in a foreign country. He's in Slovenia. I talked to him uh, last night. He moved in uh, to his apartment. He's doing great. It's amazing. Church family, thank you for loving on my son. And then my other son that usually plays uh, in the guitar over there, he is on a bus on his way to Alabama uh, with a worship team from Southeastern University, and they're leading worship for the entire week at a summer camp. Isn't that cool? (laughs) Mom and dad are (laughs) empty nesters. Yes. All right, let's go on. No, that's just terrible. But, um, what I know is this, when it comes to being a dad, all of us want to make great choices. If you ask any dad, he wants to make a great choice. There's dads in this room that when they make a choice, they, they, they research everything. If it's buying a car or buying a, a weed eater, you know what I'm saying? They're going online and they're looking at everything and looking at the YouTube to, to see what it's like and everything and see how people like it, not like it. And, and those, how many dads are with me on that one? You know, because you want to make a well-informed choice on things that you do. So when, when uh, my first son was born... 
Um, he was a C-section child. He was a, a beautiful child. And, and I remember being in a room and just waiting for them to say, hey, come in. We want to show you your child. And, and them coming in frantically and saying, quick, quick, run, hurry. And I run in, you know, and they're like, take this, this, this baby. And I was like, and just shove him in. You're like, here he is. And you're like, oh, wow, I made that. <laughs> that was the first thought that, threw, that flew through my brain. And, and the second thought was, man, I'm a father. Hello? But then I realized this, the longer that that, that that child grew up in my house, I realized this, that, you know something, I can make a baby, but that doesn't make me a father. Fatherhood is responsibility. Motherhood is responsibility. There is a responsibility ability that, that, that follows it. And, and I understand this, that if I want to be a dad, then I have to work at being a dad. I can be a hundred percent present at work, but I have to be, I have to work at being a hundred percent present at home. I can blame my upbringing on my present deficiencies and say, well, I was raised a certain way and I didn't experience certain things, but I can only blame myself for my lack of presence. Because there's things that, that, that land on me as a father that, that I understand. Hold on, this kid's good. But, but I understand this, that, that my son's choices are connected to the voices in their life. And the loudest voice that I want them to hear is my voice. Because I want them to hear that I love them, that I encourage them, that I want the best for them, that I've got their back, that when things go right, things go wrong, things go hairy, that I'm always there and there's a voice of reason that's there with them. And you may be here today and say, man, I wish I grew up like that. And I'm here to tell you that, that I didn't exactly grow up like that, but I chose to be that. Because when you choose to, to be that, you choose to be the voice in, in your kids' lives. You might say, well, well I, I don't really have a father in my life. I have spiritual fathers in my life. And this morning I texted someone and I was like, thank you for the voice that you've always been in my life. Oh, you don't pay the bills, and, but, but, but whenever something goes wrong, there's always a, a voice that, that speaks into my life. And that's a spiritual father in my life that has encouraged me in the process, in the moment, because I don't know about you, but life gets real at times, and it's the voices we listen to that matter most. If we look at the scripture, we'll see two things. There's two voices. There's the voice that's around us, and then there's the voice that's inside of us. David had this conflict that was going on with Saul and Saul wanted to take him out. Saul wanted to eliminate him and Saul wanted to, to destroy him. And the reason why Saul did is because he knew that Jonathan, his son, would be next in line, but he would never be next in line as long as David was alive. Because David had won the hearts of the people because David was a warrior because David was this, this person that, that he understood that Samuel himself had anointed. He knew that he was next. There was a moment in Saul's life where, where God told him to go and to fight this enemy and destroy everything and take out everything. And Saul chooses to listen to the voices of the people around him. And when he listens to them, they, they keep things for themselves. And, and the prophet comes up to him and says, the Lord is going to take the kingdom and give it to somebody else. And Saul says, no, bless me. This is the end of the battle. Bless me, bless me. Come on, give me the, the, the honor that I deserve. And, and he reaches up and he grabs onto the robe of the prophet and the prophet take, pulls away and rips off a chunk of his robe. And when he rips off a chunk of his robe, the prophet says to him, 
your kingdom is going to be torn from you and given to somebody else. He knew exactly who he was talking about. He knew exactly who had been anointed next as king. And, and, and there was a moment that, that he, he refused that. And that's why he was hunting David. That's why he was, he was pursuing him with everything that he had. So they're in the middle of this cave and, and David hears the voices of the people around him. I don't know about you, but, but cutting corners is annoying to me. I, it, I mean, as a person that, you know, when, when I was raised, uh, my dad raised us in such a way that um, he used a lot of different language in how to say this, but he did, he told us that if you're going to do a job once, do it right the first time. And he had another way of saying that, that I can't say from the pulpit, but, but it's just, you know, my, my great grandmother used to say the same thing. And I'm like, my goodness, hello. I mean, she's like 90 years old and saying the same thing. Like, like we were instilled as, as young men in our home that, that you had to do it right. And I don't know about you in this world, everyone's, everyone wants to just get by. There's moments that they just want to get through and get by. And, 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 and I find that in, in church in a huge way because sometimes um, churches want to get by when it comes to the way that we handle certain things that we build. And I'm not going to get into the nitty gritty of it, but sometimes you discover things. You're like, wow, I guess the, uh, the dollar was real thin during then. And they made a decision to cut a corner. But whenever you cut a corner, what you do is you, you cut the quality of something. So when I say cutting a corner, understand this. You can't cut the quality of being a dad. You can't cut the quality and, and take the shortcut, the short route. And, and the world we live in wants to take a shortcut. They want the, the, the quick fix of every possible thing. That's why we have YouTube. That's why we have these things that we can bypass certain things so that we can get to the end result. I'm here to tell you that, that you can get to the end of the result that you want. But is that truly the end result that God wants? Because God wants to lead us. And the way that he leads us is by his word. And when, he, when we read his word and his word gets in our hearts, there's a, 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 a voice that should guide us and lead us. And it's his voice. So when I look at this, we read in 1 Samuel verse 4 of chapter 24, in this, this narrative that, that the men saw Saul walk in to relieve himself. And they said, this is the day that the Lord spoke of. I will give your enemy into your hands. And and you can deal with them as you wish. Uh, I, I, under, I look at that and I'm like, okay, that, that's, that's the voice of the people around him. David's men wanted him in that moment to do this. Take the throne. Take him out and take the throne. This was a, this was a big moment for David. He had to weigh in the, the opportunity because there, there was more than 100 men. Usually there were 600 men that were with David, and, and that's a pretty big cave. And, and they were encouraging him, the closest people to him, to take out the king so that he could rule. In this moment, if he would have taken out the king, he would have been forever known as the king that destroyed the former king, that took the throne in his own power and his own might. But there's a moment in our lives we have to realize that when it comes to parenting, when it comes to marriage, when it comes to just living life, I understand this. I can't do this thing alone. I'm so thankful for my Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, that does life with me every single day. How many is thankful for him and the Holy Spirit that convicts me and leads me and guides me? So when I read his word, I want his voice to be louder because the shortcut doesn't, it, the shortcut may try to get me to the destination, but the shortcut doesn't develop me in the middle of the situation. 
What are you saying, pastor? I'm saying it's a whole lot easier to kill your enemy rather than honor him. Let's be real. We see this played out in a real way on social media right now. It bothers your pastor when we as believers say that this is God's word and we follow God's word, but we take moments not to pray for our president, but to take shots at him. I think that bothers the voice of God. I think that bothers the Holy. I think I should be convicted if I, if I take, you know, part in something that rather than Lord, you can change everything in a moment, regardless of what happens. Guess what? You're still on the throne. How many believe he's still on the throne? It's a whole lot easier to take somebody out than it is to honor them because then you're vulnerable, then you're humble, then you're depending on your, your somebody else rather than, okay, in my, my, my own self, I'm going to do what I want to do. See, I, I understand that cutting corners may get me to my destination, but is that the right destination? I, when I was... 22 years old, I worked for a gentleman and, and we did irrigation. So don't ask me to do your sprinklers. <laughs> I did that through college and that's how I got through college. It helped me, you know, do what I do, you know, and like, like pay my bills. And, and uh, this guy, there was this road that cut between two main roads in this community that we lived in, massive road. Right now, no one would have never known that that road didn't exist. But, but Keith said, hey, man, that's a shortcut. I know it's not open, but they paved it. You can drive right down it. I remember being like, listen to his voice, go, man, that's cool. And I remember seeing the sign that says, do not enter, road closed. He said it was open and drove around the thing and drove like three miles down this beautifully paved road right up to this uh, police officer. <laughs> he said, oh, park over here with the rest of these cars, you know what I'm saying? And he wrote me a ticket. <laughs> Why? Because I didn't obey the law. Hello? You know what I did? I just bought the most amazing wisdom on the planet. I listened to the wrong person and I paid for it. I thought that was the right route. And yeah, that was a shortcut to the destination. I didn't have to. I even told the people who are in the car, I said, check this out. And they're like, oh, this is great. Wow, look at this road. Nobody's here. And then the police officer's here. And I just sat there and just was like, oh, this is not a good day. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You ever been there? You know what I'm saying? You thought that it was the right way and it wasn't the best way. And, you know, God doesn't want you to just go the right way. He wants you to go the best way. So when we, when we listen to the wrong voices, there's, there's something that can happen in our lives. We could miss the voice of God in our lives. So don't miss this. Pastor wants you to hear the voice of the Lord. How do you hear the voice of the Lord? You read his word. And when you read his word, his word gets in you. And his word gets in you, his word will mold you and shape you and make you into the person you're destined to be. So, so David, he loved the Lord. He served God and he was running from Saul. But in the middle of the cave, he, he does something interesting. He walks up and creeps up. And he's like, like I, I don't know how he did it. I think the king took off his robe and laid it down because it'd be a whole lot harder to creep up on someone relieving themselves inside of a cave. Let, get that mental picture in your head, you know what I'm saying? And then reach down and go, oh my goodness. Oh yeah, what did you eat? And then just like cut the corner of it off and then walk back. And, and his men are like, like they're way back in the cave and he comes back and he does this. He goes, he goes here's what I got. <laughs> and they're like, told you to kill him. 
that's the corner of his robe. Hello? You went up and you, you tried to humiliate him. You went up and you, you took a shot at his royalty and you cut off a piece of his robe. And, and in that moment, they're like, come on, let's kill him. Let's go after him. But listen to the voice of the Lord in his life. It says, David, verse five, was conscience stricken for having done this to the robe. He didn't kill him. He didn't say anything to him. He messed with his robe. The robe, the robe was a symbol of his royalty and his authority. So when David took a piece of his robe, he was saying, you're not the king and you're not in charge. That was a huge thing back in those days for them to, to do something like that. And, and David creeps up and he does that. And then he says this, listen, the Lord forbid that I should do such a thing to my master, the Lord's anointed, or lift my hand against him for he is the anointed of the Lord. That's the voice of the Lord speaking to him. In one version, it says David's heart smote him. So here's the, here's the fresh cut. Here's what I want you to get. David's posture was changed by his conscience. His conscience was shaped by the voice of the Lord. It says that he encouraged the men with these words. These were the words that went through his heart. Why would you cut the robe? Why would you touch the anointed? One day you will be that person, but right now don't touch him and try to do it on your own. So David's heart was the issue. And, and when we get into a situation, come on, dads, none of us are perfect. We make mistakes. And when we listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit and he convicts us for making a, a mistake in parenting. And let's be real. How many's ever made a mistake at parenting? How many's ever chewed your kids out in public? Oh, come on, there's more of us. Come on now. Hello. <laughs> For, for, how many's ever reminded something that they did, you know, over and over? And the older they get, the more opportunity you have. Hello? I mean, sometimes we think, well, you know something? You embarrassed me when you're little. Guess what? This is my opportunity. I'm going to seize the opportunity. That's called good parenting, okay? <laughs> but, but let's go on. But when this bad parenting, just don't listen to pastor. But here's the thing you got to understand. When the voice of the Lord, like, moves in our lives. When we make a poor decision, it's the next decision that changes the first decision. His decision was to walk out. Look, look, he walks out, out of the cave. It says he appeared. I, I don't know if anybody was around him, but he had hundreds of men with him. He walks out by himself and his heart convicted him so bad that, that he says to the king, my Lord and king, and the, the king turns around. That was the most vulnerable moment. The fresh cut here is that, that we need to be vulnerable and we need to trust the Lord. He was trusting God by saying, okay, God, I'm going to trust you that this is the right thing to do because he's the king. And, and, and he says, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have done it. Look what I did. He confesses to what he did. And the first time you ever confess to your kids that you make a mistake is the first time that you trust parenting in the Lord's hands. It's the first time that you become vulnerable because we're not perfect. It's when we take our ego and we put it aside and say, you know, I want to be a better parent. I don't want to be the right parent. And sometimes we want to be the right parent rather than the better parent. And when they're the right parent, we stand our, hold our guns. Like I made this decision. This is the end of the world. And, and this is the end of it. And, and, and at sometimes you got to realize, wait a minute, when I listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit, 
it's in that moment we can say, you know, I'm sorry. It's the most powerful words you can say to a kid. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Well, think about that. I'm sorry because of what I said. That's the moment that we're vulnerable and we trust God because God's got a greater plan for us and he's got a greater plan that lives through us. Why do you say that, Pastor? Because in Numbers chapter six, when we sing that song and they're gonna sing it in the end where the blessing is for the thousand generations, guess what? God wants to live, have your faith live through your kids and their kids and their kids and their kids. And when we allow situations to separate us, we settle for something less than what God has planned for us. And David comes out of the cave and he becomes vulnerable and he trusts the Lord and he, he says, my Lord, the King. Saul could have killed him. What does he do? He bows down. I mean, think of it. He gets down, he bows down to him. He says, my Lord, the King. The King turns around and says, my son, David. Calls him his son. David calls him his father. He puts him in a father's position and he, and he apologizes to him for what he did. But he trusts that the Lord has a, has a greater plan. And then he says this, Saul, why do you listen when men say, who was talking? He pointed to all the other people. He didn't point Saul out. He said, why do you listen when men say, maybe we need to, to listen to the voice of the Lord rather than the voice of the people around us. And when we hear the voice of the Lord, that's the stronger voice that has to resonate in our heart that says, I can be humble, I can be vulnerable, I can trust because the Lord has a greater plan than I can ever imagine. Walks out of the cave and the entire situation changes in this moment. Saul says, I treated you badly, but you treated me kindly. What an amazing picture for us as parents and for us as, as just people in this world, that we can choose the voice of the Lord over the voice of culture. We can choose the voice of the Lord over the voice of our city, over the voice of the people around us, over the voice of the people at work. I'm gonna choose the Lord's voice because when I listen to his voice, his voice will mold and shape my lives. I want his plan, I don't want the world's plan. How many want God's plan for your life? So there's no shortcut to a fresh cut. And great choices just simply flow out of listening to his voice. So dad, I wanna encourage you. I wanna encourage you today. You are made for so much. And God's got a great plan for you. And he wants to put his favor and his blessing and his anointing on your life. Here's my encouragement to you. Lean in and listen to the Lord and silence the voices of people around you. Lean in and listen to what he has to say about your situation. Lean in and listen to what he has planned for your life. And when we learn, guess what? I'm a pastor. I'm still learning to lean in. I still over respond sometimes when I shouldn't respond. And, and that's my nature at times. And, but when I lean in, I say, Lord, I slow down and lean in and, and try to listen to what the Lord says. That's when his plan starts to work out in our lives. And his plan isn't always the plan that we want. It's not the path that David was choosing 
but it was the path that God used to make him what he wants him to be. Where you are right now, dad, guess what? God's got so much more for you. God's got so much more in store for your life. Don't give up on this thing. Lean into this thing. Let God's voice speak into your heart. Lean into all that he is. And when I say dad, I say all of us. Let's lean into his presence and let's see him lead us places we've never been before. Come on, can you celebrate that today? So let's pray this morning. I just believe that in moments like this, the freshest thing that we could ever do is to, is to reaffirm our faith in Jesus. It's to reaffirm that we are followers of Christ. We're not followers of culture. We're not followers of, uh, of, I'm not even a follower of politics. We're followers of Jesus because he is the one that guides us and leads us and has a great plan for us. So this morning, I just wanna encourage you in this moment, would you look deep down in your heart and if Jesus needs to be reaffirmed, your relationship with him, pray this simple prayer with pastor. Today, Jesus. Today, Jesus. I realize that I need you. I realize that I need you. Today. Today. I choose to follow you. I choose to follow you. I choose to listen to you. I choose to listen to you. I want your plan in my life. I want your plan in my life. Today. Today. I reaffirm. I reaffirm. My faith. My faith. And my following. And my following. I choose to follow you. I choose to follow you. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's celebrate him all over the building. Would you stand with me this morning? And um, I'm going to ask them to sing that song here in a moment. And there's a there's a part of Father's Day that that's difficult for me as a pastor. And the parts that the part that's difficult for me is that. The fathers before me, my father's father and his father's father, were not followers of Christ. That I am the first generational father that says I'm going to choose to live for the Lord. Well, that's a good decision. But what bothers, what, 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 what really the, the part that I struggle with is, you know, some of us, we don't have that father figure. And if I can be your father, your spiritual father, I want to encourage you today. God's got more for you. He's going to speak more into your life. Lean into him. Don't lean into the voices around you. Don't, during, during this day, lean into his voice. Say, Lord, I'm here for you. I just, I just need you today. So as we worship today, as we sing this song, there's a blessing that, that is spoken in Numbers chapter 6. And his blessing is, is real and it's for all of us. And the blessing, I want to just read it over you. This is the, the Aaronic, the, the priestly breast blessing that was told to the, the priest to speak over everyone as they leave. And before you go get a picture and get a donut and hang out, I encourage you to get a picture. It's just an amazing photo op out there. Lift your hands today. The Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord cause his face to shine upon you. May the Lord be gracious to you. And may the Lord give you peace in every way. So, Lord, I pray over your people. I pray over dads in this room. I pray over moms and grandparents. And I pray, Lord, over those future parents, God, that this coming year, God, that are going to be parents. God, I pray, Lord, that your favor, your blessing, your, your, your presence, God, Lord, let your voice rule in our lives, Jesus. Give us ears to hear, God. Have your way in this moment. In Jesus' mighty name.
Come on, let's worship him this morning. Thank you for your support to Ocean Way Church. If you'd like to continue to give, you can visit OceanWayChurch.com for our five ways to give.